I, I definitely, in, in those cases where I have folks that are passive, you know, or less, you know, less inclined to, to, to show initiative or, or anything else like that. Um, I, I, I go on the offensive. I mean, I stay excited about the subject matter we're going to discuss or, or the, the issues that we're dealing with, the problems that we're trying to solve. Um, I show enthusiasm. I show optimism. I, you know, I get energized and, um, you know, I don't, I don't accept less, anything less from them. And, you know, isn't this awesome? Or geez, what a great opportunity we have in front of us. And, and, you know, now typically they, they might not respond with the same level of enthusiasm, but I'll, um, you know, staying on them and staying excited and, 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 um, you know, enthusiasm, enthusiasm is contagious. Welcome to the Stakeholders Podcast, the show where we try to answer the question, what's at stake? We dive into how an organization's pursuit of their objectives affect or are affected by the people. Our guests come from the private industry, government, education, and more to discuss how they manage with their stakeholders in mind to achieve long-term success. Today, we're joined by Paul Robinson, Sr., the VP of Operations for Quality Systems Consulting Services also known as QSCS. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, let's see, as far as myself, I've worked for multiple industries over um, 30 plus years. I uh, started out uh, getting my undergraduate degrees in chemical engineering, uh, had various jobs in project engineering, process engineering, and then uh, worked into production uh, operations or manufacturing management. Then I Went into quality, um, been in, a, you know, had some leadership roles in quality in the regulatory environment. And, uh, you know, along the way, I picked up some Six Sigma and Lean skills. And really, that was where my passion was. And I became a senior director of operational excellence for a, a large um, medical device uh, manufacturer. Went back from uh, that operational excellence experience back into quality. I was a director of quality for a number of plants and then uh, became a VP of quality for an even you know, greater number of plants around the world. Uh, after that, um, went into independent consult, became an independent consultant, and now I'm partnering and running uh, quality systems consulting services at QSCS. Yeah, and that, that's really exciting. And I think that you've had such a cool, like, long career. Um, what is something that you've noticed? when you've kind of like moved through different jobs, different positions, and like the cultures? within each company? Is, are there things you've noticed, nuances to that? Well, in, in terms of like the you know, my overall perception of work, that um, I'd, I'd say, you know, and you, you talk about the career, um, there's really um, two two things that, that really uh, I, I look back at. And, and, and the first one is when I first got out of school, I figured I'd be a chemical engineer forever. I'd work in some chemical companies and, and that'd be it. Um, but then I, I got into production management, loved that, and thought I'd be in operations management forever. Um, and, and I went to a company at the time, at Polaroid, at the time I worked there for a while, and I thought I'd be there forever. And uh, learned Six Sigma and Lean, uh, got into that, um, and you're starting to see a pattern. Like, you know, I bridged that, got into quality and regulatory compliance for a while, and then uh, got into consulting, and I never dreamed that I'd uh, do consulting. In fact, no way. I, I mean, I hated consultants. They they take your money, right? But I uh, just really have enjoyed my time in consulting. And now I'm helping run a consulting company. Uh, are you kidding me? 
so I guess the the overall thing, the first, the one thing I have uh, in in summarizing that point is that that nothing's forever. And so if if, if I were to you know talk to uh, folks earlier in their career than I am, uh, I'd, I'd tell them to enjoy the ride. Um, you know, obviously, don't think about you know don't think about and planning you know um, and, and and thinking that you're you are going to be in the same spot or in the same industry forever or even in the same career forever. Certainly, plan and found you know the foundation of your skills that you're building, but enjoy the ride. You know, look for your opportunities and and really just go after the things you like doing. Um, so that that's the first thing that that comes to mind when you when you talk about you know uh, what has changed about my perception of work. The other is probably something that's going to frame the rest of this podcast. Um, and it's it's really it, personally, I'm a Type A person. I'm I'm really competitive. Uh, and in fact, you can just ask my children who to this day they won't they won't play board games or card games with me. And early on in my career, I set out to win. And for the most part, I did. Uh, whether it meant going through over or under people, that w- it was a competition and, and I was gonna win. But um as I moved along in my career, you know, you start to realize that first of all, that takes a lot of work, and the, the the steps that you climbed over or under or through or whatever, or those work relationships, well, they come back to bite you. Okay, and and any time during your career, if you really sit back and you do an honest assessment of your accomplishments, you'll find that you never got there alone. You. Know? There was always folks there helping you along the way. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I personally am still about rugged individualism, you know, personal responsibility type stuff. You still need to deliver high discipline work. But all I'm saying is your work life is going to be a whole lot harder if you don't embrace those relationships, you know, um, seek out those that network, seek out your stakeholders in, in the areas that you're working with. Um, if you don't, you're certainly not going to be as successful. And um, quite frankly, your work life or you know, your work life um, will be less fulfilled. You'll, you'll lose the opportunity for those relationships. So that's, that's really the two things. Uh, understanding that you know, your career is going to go a number of different ways. And the other is make sure you, you really cultivate those relationships along the way. Yeah, that networking uh, fact is really important and it's really crazy how you know it, thankfully you've learned it from all the years of experience but a lot of people don't a lot of people continue to just bulldoze over people for the rest of their careers and and it's just it it like i said it takes a lot of work and and quite frankly you know at the end of the day it's just um you spend a lot of time at work uh, and and enjoy the enjoy the folks that you're working with really um because it's kind of like this. I know we're kind of digressing a little bit here, but um, you know, if you talk about professional athletes, and you know, in the folks that have retired, they don't talk about. Geez, when you say, "What do you miss? What did you miss?" and and people say, "Do you miss the the money, or do you miss the, the fans in the stands, and you miss this or that?" and invariably, they always come back to, "I, I miss the locker room," you know, and and that's the same thing with work. So. So number one, there's a personal satisfaction um, piece of, of establishing that network and building that network. But I got to tell you, from a selfish standpoint, you build that network and you establish those relationships, your job is going to get a lot easier. You're going to have a lot more support um, to, to move ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think it's very powerful. And I mean, 
the simplest way is uh, to look at this as society, right? Mm -hmm. Like if each individual person only took care of themselves, then society wouldn't function. No, absolutely. <laughs> now, now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, um, I am about um, personal responsibility, but quite frankly, uh, you'll have a, a much more hollow uh, experience if, if you don't you know, work together as a society, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to kind of dive into it because I think that the network effect and the way you're talking about it is so interesting. Can you tell us about how you've nourished this network of yours and how you've grown and you've helped your network grow as well? Sure. I, I think, you know, like I said, um, you know, early in my career, I didn't appreciate it. And I certainly wish I had, I, you know, um, but how I've nursed it recently, I um, I make it a point to, um, you know, put on my calendar, you know, every, you know, so many months, or it might even be twice a year, uh, folks that, number one, I want to stay in touch with, um, but also from a business um, standpoint, uh, it would be beneficial to my, you know, my business, my organization, um, to ensure that I stay in touch with folks, because I want to be at the you know the the, the top of their um, thoughts if they have issues that they know I can service. So um, what I do is I I truly it's it's nothing it's nothing uh, it's not rocket science. I just put ticklers on my calendar um, at uh, various points in time to say hey make sure you get you know get get in touch give Mary a call or give Bob a call or you know and and I'll do that just to you know just to touch base you know it's a chit chat five minutes maybe ten but. Um, just to stay contacted. That's that's really it's as simple as that. And and I got I've got to say the you know the, the so, social media today um, it's you know you're negligent if you're not able to keep up with folks. I mean back when I started my career, if you had a Rolodex, okay, and you and you really use business cards. Um, today there's there's no reason why you know particularly with, with a, a, you know applications like LinkedIn or things like that. There's no reason why um, people can't remain connected. You know um, and and it's important. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that the other day, how my LinkedIn has sort of become this Rolodex of like people that I know. And like, I think I was just randomly looking for a specific industry question. And I just like scrolled down. I was like, I remember I was talking to someone about this on LinkedIn and just scrolled down through my messages like a Rolodex. You think about that, that, you know, really that, that LinkedIn and those contacts became become your internet, your Google, um, your industry Google, for for lack of a better term. In other words, you know, because I, I got to be honest with you, I am looking some uh, for some talent right now that I, I have a a job that I'm opening up, and and um, I know there are a few people that that have those skills. Um, I typed in, look for my skills, and then I, you know, I had forgotten there are some other folks that I had worked with and really think highly of um, that have the same skills as well. So it's it's really a repository um, of of talent and and answers. If I had questions for for, for you know different things that I'm working on, um, I'll I Google LinkedIn. I guess you know it it really is um it's a it's a resource that's um you know, can be quite useful if you build it and you and you cultivate it. You know. Yeah, I I really do think and then the building of it. It's kind of like what happens over years. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's where you kind of come in and you look out for each other, right? Yeah. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. But guess what? 10 or 15 years goes by very quickly. And at the end of 10 or 15 years, you look back and 
you'll be surprised at at how um, you know uh, how um, how many resources you've you've developed and, and and how many contacts you've developed. So um, stay at it, stay diligent. You know. Right, right. And how do you keep yourself accountable to the people in your network? Because I think it's very easy to maybe like just slip into something to do something that's only good for you. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to know what is it that you do that keeps you from going and doing that? Is it just personal responsibility? I I think, yeah, I think that it's personal responsibility. It's, you know, if, if you do, you know, if, if you're only thinking about yourself, you're going, you're going to be left alone. If folks are going to know that, you know, they know whether you care about them or not. And, and I, whether it's LinkedIn networking or anything, um, you know, I've got, you know, and, and I, I push folks that are working with me or working for me. Okay. I do. I push them, but I, you know, they, they know I care. And, and so if, if I'm calling somebody out of the blue that I haven't talked to in 10 years and I'm asking them for a favor, well, they're not, they may not be as receptive or it's just not the same as if you've kept that relationship, you've, 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 you know, built that relationship and you, you've kept it, you know, green. Um, you know, I think that way you show these folks that you care. And when I'll tell you another thing, when they call you, you answer so that it is a reciprocative, you know, um, relationship. You know, I, I, I think if pe- people know you care, you, you, you know, that, that comes through. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's really interesting too. It's like you are, when you're in the other end, when you're not the one making the call, you have to make sure that you don't just leave someone hanging. Don't yeah. Okay. Always call back. Never, never ignore a phone call. Always call back. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a really important part. And some stakeholders are more passive than others, sure. and they need like a different approach uh, to just be connected mm-hmm. through. And I'm wondering, what are some of your other approaches outside of like a phone call or outside of uh, direct messaging that you use? Yeah, I think um, I personally, now it, it it may just be my personality, um, but. I, I definitely, in, in those cases where I have folks that are passive, you know, or less, you know, less inclined to to, to show initiative or, or anything else like that, um, I, I I go on the offensive. I mean, I stay excited about the subject matter we're going to discuss or or the the issues that we're dealing with, the problems that we're trying to solve. Um, I show enthusiasm. I show optimism. I you know I get energized, and um, you know I don't I don't accept less anything less from them and you know isn't this awesome or geez what a great opportunity we have in front of us and and you know now typically they they might not respond with the same level of enthusiasm but I, i'll um you know st- staying on them and staying excited and 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 um you know enthusiasm enthusiasm is contagious you know and so so typically i'll eventually get a smirk or a sparkle in an eye here or there you know i i, I just um i personally i my, my style is to go on the offensive and and just to, you know, overwhelm them with um, enthusiasm. Yeah, I think a lot of people crack after a little while of, of uh, <laughs> you doing that. Yeah. And it, go ahead. I mean, I'm not, you know, that we're, we're all different. We all have our skills. We all have our personalities. And so I'm not trying to change anyone. But I think ultimately, 
you know, if you if you stay on and you like I said, uh, enthusiasm, optimism, it's contagious. Ultimately, you're going to get movement from even you know your 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 um you know the folks with the biggest inertia. You you're going to move them, right? Um, and I think that something that you said is just like you built all these skills after like years, and it's like something that like I'm earlier in my career and I'm actually seeing these things in mm -hmm. action slowly and I'm adding them to my, um, to, to my personal skill set. So it's, uh, it's really great. And I really hope that anyone listening kind of apply some of these things because they really do work. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Paul, one thing that I like to ask early on sure. that, that we kind of like jumped right into stakeholders today, but what is the purpose that you're trying to achieve with your current role? You know, I'm at a different stage in my career. Okay, obviously, I have fewer years ahead of me than than behind me, um, um, and I've, I've saved enough for retirement, and I'm retirement ready. Um, but I continue to work because you know, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy the challenge, the challenge of the projects. I enjoy the fight. Um, but I would say at this point, what am I trying to do? And like, you know, obviously, I'm trying to make sure my clients are are over overjoyed with with the product we produce but um i think um the biggest satisfaction i get in, in particularly my current role uh, I'm, i'm at a client that i've been here for a year so uh, i enjoy uh, mentoring the young professionals um you know so they avoid the mistakes they've made and and they, and they do they'll come into my office here you know just to sit down and um you know and discuss you know work you know and and how they can go about things and i think Um, you know, I really enjoy um, providing that mentorship. Okay. Um, so um, that's, that's really, what am I trying to do in my role? Number one, I obviously have to make sure I deliver what my clients have asked, but if I can help um, some young, you know, some young professionals along the way, well, then, then I get an added benefit there. That's uh, th that's really inspiring to hear uh, the, the people are going to be willing to go out of their way to, to help us out. Mm. I, I love that. It's just, it's fun to give, to give back, you know, it's, it, it's enjoyable. And Paul, this is the question I like to ask of all my guests because it's always such an insightful answer, uh, <laughs> from you all. And there's this concept, uh, that is called the separation fallacy. And it basically the idea that, good business decisions can't possibly make for good ethical decisions and vice versa. Good ethical decisions can't possibly make for successful business decisions. Now, I personally believe that is exactly that. It's a fallacy. But I kind of like to ask you, have you experienced this in your career? And what have you done to kind of deal with it? Um, that's a great question. I think that um, uh, while I, I have not um, experienced it, All right, but I will say this. Um, I don't think there's particularly, you know, we talked about the connectivity in today's society, particularly with the level of connectivity, um, you know, in industry and, and, and in the populace, there is no way companies will survive with, you know, by, by making unethical decisions. Now, now, I just obviously I've spent the majority of my career in a regulated industry in the medical devices and the pharmaceutical industry so we do come up with those type of decisions but but quite frankly um you never cross that line it's all about patient safety it's all about um you know if if something is is has the potential of hurting somebody um 
it just doesn't get done and it, uh, it doesn't get shipped or, or it isn't made or it isn't designed or produced. Um, however, I, I will say this, there are times where, um, you know, when you are in an, and I am specifically talking about a, a regulated industry where you make uh, a thing called a clinical risk benefit analysis. And so when you're designing a product or something like that, you establish a point and you say, you know what, I'm going to save um, a thousand people, but one person may get hurt. And you make an assumption, well, is that a thousand people of saving versus the one person, you know, the potential uh, one person get hurt? You have to make an ethical decision at that point as to whether or not one people, you know, getting hurt is okay um, to, to save a thousand. So, and and there are different numbers. It's okay if it's one okay. What if you're hurting 10 and only saving 990? You know, things like that. So, so those are decisions that are made. But um, to, to get back to the core of your question, you know, I don't think there's a company that uh, today that can survive. Uh, you can't hide. And so if you are making unethical decisions, um, you know, first of all, it's just wrong, period, uh, you know, as a person, but uh, morally. But um, you aren't you aren't going to survive long because you you will get you know rooted out you you know and um and you're going to be you you'll face you'll face the wrath of uh you know your customers and, and populace yeah the public the public is uh is not that forgiving anymore no, um and, and and i hate to to bring it i kind of put it as almost like a you know you you're using a stick to um to to um ensure people make ethical decisions, you would hope they would do that anyway. But um, real world, um, you know, you're, you're trying to get a business, you're trying to make money. Uh, and that's your job. Um, but you're just not going to do that if you're you try to take advantage of, of folks and you or, or hurt people, you know, you just it's just not the way to go. I couldn't agree more. And Paul, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure mm -hmm. to talk to you. And um, I, I, I've learned a lot. I really hope my listeners have as well. And would you like to have any final thoughts before we sign off today? Well, I just I just uh, want to thank you for you know giving the opportunity. I, I enjoyed this um, discussion, Andy. I just uh, I, you know when when we first um, you first you know introduced yourself to me and you started talking about the the benefits of stakeholders and and that's really kind of what the discussion was about. I, um, I, it was, it, it, it hit me, you know, I, I completely understood where you were going because truly I, I learned throughout my career that there really is two, um, two benefits of, of establishing and developing those stakeholders. And I hope that came through today. And that is one, you will, um, you will achieve and you'll get better uh, results to whatever project program um, process that you're trying to deliver. And the other is, quite frankly, it'll make your um, work life, your personal, you know, your your self, your satisfaction, your work satisfaction, um, that that'll improve as well. So there's really uh, it's a win-win um, by by driving and, and cultivating that, that state those stakeholder relationships. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I'm really glad that uh, you were able to come on and really share uh, those thoughts. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I'll see the rest of my listeners in the next episode.